This message comes from NPR sponsor Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, whose scientists played a substantial role in developing more than half the drugs approved by the FDA in the last five years. Dana-Farber Cancer Institute is changing lives everywhere. DanaFarber.org slash everywhere. Hi, this is Guy Raz. And I'm Mindy Thomas. And together we bring you Wow in the World. NPR's podcast for curious kids and the grown-ups. And we're back with all new episodes. New scientific adventures both in and out of this world. Find Wow in the World on NPR One, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Cecil. Hey, Ophira. So today on Ask Me Another, our special guest stars in a new show about a female wrestling league. So it's time for a professional wrestling speed round. What move involves reaching your hands under your opponent's arms and back around their neck? Full Nelson. Yes. What about turning your opponent upside down and dropping them headfirst into the mat? It's a pile driver. It is. How about fully immobilizing your opponent and dragging them away? Flying United. From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from the Bell House in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. Ask me another. I'm puzzle guru Cecil Baldwin with guest musician Julian Villard, and now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg! Thank you, Cecil. We have a great show for you. Four brilliant contestants are backstage lawyering up, getting ready to play our nerdy games, but only one will be our big winner. And our guest tonight is actor Betty Gilpin. You may know her from her roles on Nurse Jackie, American Gods, or Elementary. Betty stars in the new Netflix series Glow, which is about a female wrestling league. And one of the greatest things about wrestling is, of course, the wrestlers' character names. Right in the original Glow, there was Queen Kong, Valerie Vendetta, and Sally, the farmer's daughter. Uh, I think if I were a wrestler, I'd have to be something like the Brain Scrambler or the Anagram Slam. How about this? The Host Organism. Now, obviously, the way to go would actually be based on where I'm from. How about this? How about my wrestling name is Canadian Bacon. Yeah. Irresistible, but in the end, I'll kill you. (laughs) Our first two contestants will play a word game where they mash up technology companies to become something other than Amazon. Let's meet them. First up, Grace Avicilla on buzzer number one. You're a graduate student at NYU studying evolution in yeast. I am. Welcome. Thank you. Your opponent is Samuel Grisby on buzzer number two. You work for a humanitarian aid organization. I do, yes. Welcome. Thank you. Grace and Samuel, the first of you who wins two of our games, will move on to the final round at the end of the show. You're going to mash up common names, phrases, and titles with technology companies. For an example, let's go to our puzzle guru, Cecil Baldwin. So if I said, trapeze artists often perform above this protective web, which also streams movies and TV shows, you would answer, safety Netflix, mashing up safety net and Netflix. Okay, so the technology company will always come second, so that should help you immensely. (laughs) 
Here we go. Al Pacino plays a Miami crime lord who gets caught due to his constant status updates detailing crimes and photos of his kids. Samuel. That would be Scarface book. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Say hello to my little high school friends. <laughs> <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Scientists found the fossilized remains of a creature that fills in an evolutionary gap between modern humans and prehistoric life. And it's already posted its resume online and connected with someone who works at Microsoft. Samuel. Missing LinkedIn. Correct. Yeah. Here's a question. If LinkedIn was extinct, would anyone notice? (laughs) Although it would be called Extinctin. Extinctin, that's which, a great idea. I mean, I would do it for the name alone. In this children's board game, the goal is to ask yes or no questions and use the process of elimination to discover which TV show you're going to watch on demand. Samuel. I'm going to guess that's Guess Hulu. You're going to guess correct once again. Yeah. The Human Torch and the Invisible Woman just checked in at the Baxter Building. Is that, Samuel? Is that Fantastic Foursquare? That is correct. Oh, my God. I need to use more social media. It's a treat made of almond paste, sugar, and egg whites that also creates custom streaming music channels for you based on an artist or song you like. Grace. Marza Pandora. Hey! We found your sweet spot. (laughs) Just keep giving me, like, food-related things. Food. (laughs) This animatronic stuffed bear not only moves its mouth and ears while reading stories, it also posts inspirational images online. Uh, Samuel. Uh, my nightmares tell me that is Teddy Ruck's Pinterest. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> this is your last clue. In this movie, George Clooney and Vera Farmiga may spend most of their time flying, but when they land, they use this service to stay in a stranger's apartment. Samuel. Up in the Airbnb. That's right. Yeah. All right, Puzzle Guru, Cecil Baldwin, how did our contestants do? Samuel, well done. You're one step closer to our final round. If you like things, you'll like our next game about people who like things. But first, let's check in with our contestants. So, Grace, you interned at the Natural History Museum? I did, That sounds like a pretty great internship. It was amazing. And you were invited to a Neil deGrasse Tyson event where he talked about wine? Yes, it was a wine and cheese night for the interns. I learned everything I know about wine from Neil deGrasse Tyson. Okay, so what's one thing about wine that you can share with us? So, you know how at the bottom of a wine bottle there's like a V-shaped? Yeah, in the glass. Yeah, apparently the deeper that is, the better the wine is because the sediment falls, according to some physics thing, better around deeper fees. So if it's just flat, that is... Not good. No, but don't so, buy that. So I go around in wine stores, you know, feeling <laughs> underneath <laughs> wine bottles like a normal person. 
feeling for the wine's butt, I guess you could say. (laughs) (laughs) Samuel, you work for the International Rescue Committee. That sounds very important. It sounds like it, yes. Can you fill us in a little bit more about what you do? Yes, we're an international and domestic in the U.S. organization focused on providing relief to the world's worst crises. And you, yeah, that's amazing. Thank you. And what do you what do you personally do within this organization? Uh, Excel mostly. <laughs> uh, there are numbers on Excel. Sometimes yep. I put some words on the Excel. Yeah. Uh, and then I put the Excel in Outlook. So it's really it's really pretty advanced. Yeah. So this is a sound quiz called Audio Files. Uh, as you may know, the suffix file, spelt with a PH, is used to specify a love or affection someone has for something. For example, if you're an Ophirophile, you love fear. So in this game, we'll play two sound clips, and you'll tell us which one a specific file would be into. Puzzle guru Cecil Baldwin, how about an example? So if we asked which song an ergophile would be into, Todd Rundgren's Bang the Drum All Day or Rihanna's Work, you'd answer work. That's because an ergophile is someone who loves to work. (laughs) (laughs) That was was perfect. So buzz in to answer. Be careful because if you're wrong, your opponent just automatically gets the point. Okay, here we go. A British comedy nerd, who's also known as a tourophile, would love which of these Monty Python sketches? This parrot is no more. Or, I want to buy some cheese. Grace. The former. The parrot? Yeah. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. A tourophile loves cheese. Samuel gets the point. It's okay, some people find this whole thing grating. We need our guest musician, Julian Villard, for this one. If I'm at home hanging out with a pluviophile, which of these movie musicals should we watch? I'm singing in the rain, just singing in the rain. Or? The hills are alive with the sound of music. Grace. Singing in the rain. That is correct. Yes. A pluviophile loves rain, also called a storm goth. <laughs> if I'm out late with a cool rufile, which of these fast food restaurants should we stop at? I'm loving it. Or have it your way. Have it your way. Samuel. Uh, the second one. The have it your way, that was the, uh, the, the Burger King? The Burger King. King, yes. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Why did you pick that one? I thought I heard a, a root word for king, but... Ah, interesting. No, you I say did that. not. Yeah, so Grace gets the point. A cool refile is someone who loves clowns. <laughs> if I was at a piano bar with an enophile, which of these UB40 songs should I ask Julian Villar to play? I can't help falling in love with you. Or? Red, red wine goes to my head. Samuel. Red, red wine. 
That is correct, yes. An enophile loves wine, even Merlot. <laughs> this is your last clue. Which of these TV shows should I binge watch with an astrophile? Space, a final frontier. Or... Flintstones, meet the Flintstones. Samuel. The first one. Star Trek. Star Trek, yes, that, <laughs> that little known show. You are correct. Astrophiles love stars, of course. All right, Puzzle Guru Cecil Baldwin, how did our contestants do? Well, Samuel, looks like you're moving on to the final round. Coming up, we'll find out who will face off against Samuel in our final round at the end of the show. And we'll talk to Betty Gilpin about her role as a wrestler in the series Glow and how she's had more women's crotches in her face than ZocDoc's top-rated OBGYN. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for NPR and the following message come from Betterment, the automated investing and savings app. CEO Sarah Levy shares how Betterment's innovation can help Americans save. The real innovation for Betterment about a decade ago was taking a set of tools that were used by the ultra-wealthy and making them accessible to the average investor. And that includes tax strategies, that includes dollar-cost averaging, that includes taking a long-term view and not getting distracted by market volatility. These are all sort of tricks of the trade. And what Betterment did is they basically said, no matter the amount of money you have, it's always good to be invested. It's always good to start early. It's always good to save. And the power of being consistent in your habits is really the path to long-term wealth. Learn more about automated investing and saving at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance not guaranteed. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Osea. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. They both come in giftable boxes with savings up to $46 and free shipping for a limited time. Go to OSEAMalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide. This is Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. I'm puzzle guru Cecil Baldwin, here with guest musician Julian Villard. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg! Thank you, Cecil. Before the break, our contestant Samuel won his way to the final round at the end of the show. We'll find out a little later who he will face off against. But first, it's time to welcome our special guest. She starred in Nurse Jackie, American Gods, and Elementary. And she plays the female wrestler Liberty Bell on the new Netflix series Glow. Please welcome Betty Gilpin. Hi. Welcome, Betty. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks so much for coming to Ask Me Another. Now, you are a uh, great actor in this great new series, but I am stunned to learn that your parents, who are both actors, 
did not want you to go into the business. No, yeah, I come from a family of carnies, and <laughs> they were not too excited about... I mean, they were always very supportive of me, but, you know, it can be a hard life, and they wanted me to have a not-hard life. So they would bring me to, you know, their auditions and show me, you know, I'm, I'm in a room with 13 other guys who look like me, and maybe they'll get the part. And uh, But the rule was I had to go to college first and graduate and study science and math as well as theater. But Right. Yeah. Okay, so they're saving you from the rejection mostly. Yes, and yeah. And how hard it is. And what do you get a college degree in? Theater. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Uh, with a focus on theater of the absurd, which is very <laughs> lucrative. Awesome. It's so useful in real life. Yeah. And along the way, were they just like, okay, all yeah, right. yeah, they eventually were on board. You've said that you like acting roles where you can make faces. Yes, yeah. What does that mean exactly? Well, um, I make a lot of weird faces. My mom <laughs> um, primarily played super character-y parts. She was on All My Children, and she played Esther, uh, the kind of demented trailer hermit, and she stole Erica Kane's baby, and we got, like, death threats from prison. Like, um, And, you know, in plays, she would play, like, the crazy maid and have, like, a limp. Um, and, you know, I was sort of raised to be a clown, and that I loved being raised that way. And, you know, my mom would, like, moon us every day on the way to school, like, We'd pull around the house, and my dad would be like, here it comes. <laughs> and we would turn, and my mom would be like, ah! We'd all be like, ah! But we loved it. Um, so I then uh, went to school and studied theater of the absurd, where you could make as many faces as possible. And then my first audition was for Gossip Girl, where the rule is don't make one face. <laughs> like, <laughs> just squint and, like, whisper the words and just say it like this and be confused but also sure of yourself. And um, I, I did not get the, that part at all. Like, the feedback was always, like, way too big. She's great, like, playing it insanely large um so yeah I, I think my jobs were fewer and farther between um but i but the jobs i did get let me make the bigger faces the bigger faces yeah well, speaking of which so in this new series glow mm -hmm. where you play uh debbie egan a former soap opera star yeah. who uh, has been out of work since having a baby and decides to join this all-female wrestling league this must have been the opportunity of a career to make some big faces. Absolutely. I mean, I knew very little about wrestling going into it, but it really is kind of the highest form of theater. It's yeah. um, There's like a Barbie Coliseum feeling to the, uh, glow wrestling, especially, which was a real show in the 80s. And those people play to the mezzanine. They are making the craziest faces and shapes with their bodies and pounding their chest. It feels very um, primal. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was so much fun. So, right, the character that you play, Liberty Bell. Yeah. That's that's a good character. What What is that character's, um, you know, special characteristic of being a wrestler? So in every wrestling match, there's a face and a heel. Yeah. The good guy, bad guy. My character is a face, Liberty Bell, the all-American hero. And then Allison Brie is Zoya the Destroya uh, from <laughs> Russia. So we're, it's U.S. versus Russia. Ah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And um, 
I watched a lot of uh, 1980s Miss America acceptance speeches and daytime Emmy acceptance speeches. And even though they've got the, you know, toddlers and tiaras smile, their eyes are crazy. (laughs) Um, And I tried to tap into that and and to kind of have a, a hint of like, Blanche Dubois and yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I was I, I can't believe that you guys are doing y- your own stunts yeah <laughs> like you have to you got spray tan for the role because the 80s big hair spray yes. tan spandex yep. but your tan had to get darker and darker as the yeah, filming went on because of all the bruising yeah and I got a body wave like a perm to oh yeah be, yeah a real perm but people chose that for their lives <laughs> Um, that was a real lesson for me. Um, <laughs> you didn't like it? Yeah, that was the first time. No, I mean, the smell, I don't know oh, if there gosh. are any recovering perm people here, but the smell of a perm, it is a special kind of Chernobyl grave soup oh, smell. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yes, we also did our own stunts. <laughs> um, yeah, we trained for about a month with Chavo Guerrero Jr. of... Uh, wrestling fame and then we trained throughout shooting so like five months total I would say I mean you're wrestling with other women is that more intense or more intimate than like a love scene you did in Nurse Jackie it was intimate in a way better way than that I mean usually (laughs) as an actress you get to know your co-workers you know after you've been through two and a half hours of hair and makeup of like full Kardashian war paint and like you're in crazy high heels and a costume tailored within an inch of your life and wrestling it was the opposite of that we got to know each other you know wrestling in our pajamas basically a month before we started working together and it was an incredible way to get to know somebody yeah no kidding and and obviously the physicality of it is like intense. Do you like it? Are you like there should be a wrestling workout? Yeah, I love it. I mean, it's pretty much the worst thing that you can do for your body. <laughs> You're it's even though it's staged or they probably wouldn't even like me to say that. It's, you know, theatrical um you're still slamming your bones and joints and muscles into the ground like there's nothing fake about flipping over and landing on your back right uh so while i loved it so much my joints are like harmonized when i get out of bed in the morning it's like (laughs) um but yeah i loved it so much and there as a joke someone brought summer's eve spray or something like that to the yes. set yes they did the, uh there as are an a, 80s joke or something yeah, like that well it started as a joke the, there are a couple moves um that are true gynecological safaris of <laughs> you really it, yeah it was a, a, a feminine handshake i would say there's um uh, a move called the head scissor where uh, Allison Brie and I did it in the pilot and I, I basically stand and she just sort of throws her legs at me and we realized that the key of the move was for her to place her personal area into my chin and swipe it across and then go down onto the ground. And then there's a move where I, I had to um, credit card her butt with my face. Yeah, so the Summer's Eve was brought in as a joke at first, but then everybody started using it. (laughs) And now they are sponsoring the show. Yeah, that would be great. We went through like three cans. (laughs) We did. Have you thought if you were a wrestler in real life what your persona would be? Um, If you would be a face or a heel? Is there one that you think would be more fun? 
I mean, they say in the pilot that the, the devil gets the best lines. They really do. The heels kind of have more fun. I mean, I don't know. My qualities are more understated. Like, the sarcastic apologizer isn't really, like, a cool <laughs> wrestling character. <laughs> I, I like that character. Yeah. I think that, that character wins every she time. She just mumbled something. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. but if you go in closely, that's when she gets yeah. you. Yeah, right. Uh, so we have a fantastic Ask Me Another game for you. Okay. Are, are you up for your uh, big Ask Me Another challenge? I'm ready. Okay, fantastic. Betty Gilpin, everybody. Hey. So, Betty Gilpin, we also found out that you are a huge fan of the band Fish. Yeah. 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 That's right. Uh, <laughs> that's correct. How? Why? Well... Okay, I got into them um, my senior year of high school, and, you know, I think I was a wasp with a good childhood who was looking to outsource pain and grit, <laughs> um, and so I found the band Fish and yeah. would go to festivals and, like, sleep on broken glass and dirt and be like, I'm real, uh, but I, I truly love their music, and I think they're carnival ghost people and I, I, I really do love it. It's not for everyone and I understand that and some of their songs are very long and that's okay. <laughs> well, yeah. we're happy that you're a fan because it inspired a game. We're, we're actually going to play one of our favorite games called This, That, or The Other. Uh, the game is simple. I'm going to give you a name. You tell me if it's a female wrestler from Glow, a song by Fish, or a color of Essie nail polish. If you do well enough, Martha Brzezinski from Newburyport, Massachusetts, is going to win an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. All right, here's your first name, Sparkle. Uh, fish song. That is correct. Okay, Stinky. Uh, glow Wrestler. That is a Glow Wrestler, yeah. She wore a skunk-like headpiece and zebra-striped leotard. And there's a wrestling move called stink face, where you press your butt into someone's face. <laughs> so they have very creative names. Yeah. <laughs> How about power clutch? Power clutch. Is that Essie? That is a nail polish. That's right. It's a deep gray-green. Oh, yeah. How about Susie Greenberg? A uh, fish song. One of my favorites. <laughs> yes, that's a yeah, fish yeah. song. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Or a very, very respectable pink nail polish. <laughs> Princess of Darkness. Uh, glow Wrestler. Of course it is. Nice. Yeah. So I, I love this description. Apparently she would attempt to brainwash opponents with black magic, but it often didn't work as it intended. That's amazing. <laughs> that's it. I think we've all tried that. Um, all right, this is your last clue. So far, oh God. perfect. Thank you, thank you, thank yeah. you, thank you. Last one is Ficus. A fish song. Oh, you make that sound like it's your favorite. That is a fish song. Yes, it's not my favorite. It's a slow one. Thank you. Betty, you got all of them right. You and listener Martha Brzezinski have won Ask Me Another Rubik's Cubes. You can see Betty in the Netflix series Glow. Give it up one more time for Betty Gilpin. Thank you Gilpin. so much. Want our next special guest to play for you? Follow Ask Me Another on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. 
Now, possession is nine-tenths of the law, but it's ten-tenths of our next game. So let's meet our contestants. First up, Rachel Martin on buzzer number one. You're a federal public defender. Yes, I am. Welcome. Thank you. And this is a lot more nerve-wracking than court. I just want really? to say, yes. <laughs> I take that as a compliment, but also that freaks me out about the people that you're defending. <laughs> Your opponent is Daniela Delacqua Noel on buzzer number two. You're a high school teacher in New York City. Yes, I am. Welcome. <laughs> is this more nerve-wracking than being a high school teacher? It's about the same right now. (laughs) Interesting. Okay, remember, Rachel and Daniela, the first of you who wins two of our games will move on to the final round at the end of the show. Let's go to your first game. Uh, Rachel, what's a grammatical error people make that you cannot stand? Um, I think people misuse because and since a lot. So since should be for time and because should be for a reason. For why? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. Daniela, what's a common grammatical error you can't stand? Mine is more about pronunciation. Uh So I went to Catholic school and I learned that the word is often, not often. And I don't like that it is publicly acceptable to say often now. It's often. Danielle, I'm not going to agree with you on this one. No, everyone hold your applause. (laughs) Could we not assume it might be a regional pronunciation thing? Nope. Everything in the Philadelphia region where I grew up is correct. (laughs) (laughs) That's good by me. I often get that wrong, but... (laughs) So first we have a word game called Don't Be So Possessive. You're going to take famous people whose last names begin with the letter S. You are going to move the S to the end of their first name to turn them into possessives. I know it sounds so easy, but just for fun, let's get an example from our puzzle guru, Cecil Baldwin. So if we gave you the clue, it's a seabird belonging to the radio host who starred in private parts, you'd answer Howard's turn. Because a tern, as we all know, is a kind of bird that lives near water. (laughs) Elementary. Uh, And here we go. Here's your first one. The musical pitch sung by the director of Platoon and Natural Born Killers. Rachel. Oliver's tone. Yes, indeed. Well done. The Scrabble pieces and porcelain floor coverings owned by the star of Save the Last Dance and Ten Things I Hate About You. Uh, Daniela. Julia's Tile. You have it almost perfect. Can you say it again? Oh, Julia's Tiles. Yes, thank you. you. Yes, well done. Yeah. Yeah, she's got more than one tile. She's got everything. (laughs) The public green areas frequented by the author of The Notebook. Rachel. Nicholas's Park. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) The audience is not saying the answer at all, but they... (laughs) Can I try again? You can try again. Nicholas's Parks. That is correct. (laughs) Yes, Nicholas's Parks. All those S's get very confused. Yes, Nicholas Sparks, Nicholas's Parks. More public places to cry, that's what I say. (laughs) A traditional Hawaiian dance performed by the man who is the head coach of the Miami Dolphins for 25 years. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you, you can piece together some of this. 
So give them the clue one more time. Oh, I got oh. it. I got it. Oh, Daniela. Daniela. It's Don's Hula. Correct. Yeah. Well done. You just shattered so many conceptions about public radio. (laughs) The righteous fury of the pioneering sex educator who opened America's first birth control clinic in 1916. Daniela. Margaret's anger. Yes, that is correct. The favorite fruit of the pop star who sang, Oops, I Did It Again. Uh, Rachel. Britney's pears. Correct. This is your last clue. What the star of Mr. Robot and Pump Up the Volume might say to you as he runs out the door. Rachel. Christian's later. That's right. Well done. Puzzle guru Cecil Baldwin, how did our contestants do? Rachel, well done. You are one step closer to the final round. Do you know the difference between it's and it's? If you do, you should be a contestant on our show. Go to amatickets.org. Coming up, if you prefer Garfunkel to Simon, Oates to Hall, Punk to Daft then you'll love Julian Villard's musical puzzle about sidekicks. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. This message comes from Capital One, presenting sponsor of the 2024 Tiny Desk Contest. Earlier this year, unsigned musicians from around the country submitted their original songs for the 10th annual Tiny Desk Contest. The panel of judges are hard at work picking standout entries, and you can follow along and choose your favorite videos as well. The winner gets to play their very own Tiny Desk concert, then headline a tour with NPR Music this summer. Want to come along for the ride? Visit tinydeskcontest.npr.org to learn more, then check out the Venture X card from presenting sponsor Capital One. Earn unlimited 2x miles on everything you buy and turn everyday purchases into extraordinary trips. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. This message comes from NPR sponsor Progressive, and it's Name Your Price Tool. Say how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show coverage options within your budget. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm puzzle guru Cecil Baldwin with guest musician Julian Villard. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Cecil. Before the break, we met our contestants, Rachel and Daniela. Our next game goes out to people who do all of the work and get none of the credit. Let's check in with our contestants. Rachel, your father... A retired doctor. Yes. Now, in his uh, retirement, is relaxing by doing some creative writing. Yes. Have you read any of his work? Not a word, no. No? Mm-mm. Why not? My dad has taken up writing uh, historical erotica. <laughs> wow. Yes. Wow. <laughs> D- does he specialize in a certain era? Yes, the Civil War. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, South will rise again. (laughs) (laughs) 
Sorry, I had to. I feel like that is the name of one of the volumes. <laughs> Daniela, as we found out, you're from Philly. Oh, yes. And you are so Philly that your dad is a mummer, and you had mummers at your wedding. We did. What is a mummer, and what does having mummers out at your wedding mean? It's sort of like a New Orleans-style second line, but with electricians who just learned how to play their instruments <laughs> on the side. And they came into my wedding in various costumes. There was even someone dressed as a minion. And uh, <laughs> my husband and I had little umbrellas, and we danced for about 20 minutes with the mummers. Fascinating. So our next game is about famous sidekicks. You know, like Batman had Robin, and the Green Hornet had Cato. I have bourbon. Yeah. Um, and here to play it is guest musician Julian Villard. We rewrote the Golden Girls theme song, Thank You for Being a Friend, to be about famous TV and movie sidekicks. You just buzz in and guess the sidekick I'm singing about. And if you're not familiar with the Golden Girls, no problem. Just tune into Basic Cable anytime between the hours of 12.01 a.m. and 11.59 p.m. <laughs> Rachel, you won the last game, so win this and you're in the final round. Daniela, you need to win this. If you come in second, you have to move to America's resentful sidekick, Canada. <laughs> Here we go. You are my undersea friends. Travel down Con Street and back again. You're pink and dumb. You're my pal, my kind odor. Daniela. That is Patrick the Starfish. He that is the sidekick to SpongeBob SquarePants. Okay, yeah, you gave us way more. Well done. As an ogre, I say, I hope you'll try to shut up today. Fiona, save now, you're a dragon's paramour. Daniela. I believe you're talking about Shrek, but I don't see him as the sidekick. His sidekick is Donkey. Okay, so what would you like to make your answer? I, I guess we have to go with the sidekick, right? With, with Donkey. Yeah, that is correct, yeah. And when you play some music, Tom Jones at maximum volume, your bad dance moves in our belly living room. Make me think, cousin, how can I be related to you? Daniela. That would be Carlton the sidekick to Will Smith and the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I just like leaving pauses so you'll keep adding more information that is correct. I'm nothing if not thorough. Gracias por ser un amigo Traveled on my back across the lands You hold my stuff, you can talk and you're bottomless Mm-hmm. Puzzle Guru Cecil Baldwin, do you want to uh, give our contestants... Oh. A hint, don't need to, Daniela. Just, I'm processing. Yeah. Um, that would be Backpack, Dora's sidekick. Yeah, you're right. I'm glad she got it because I had nothing. <laughs> For the record, I don't watch Dora, but I do carry a backpack every day, and I've been nicknamed Dora. Oh, by, by your students? And teachers. And other teachers. <laughs> and if I had a talk show... Late at night on network TBS You would be 
performing funny bits with me, interviewing our guests too. Thank you for being my foil. Daniela. Okay, so TBS talk show, I'm thinking Conan and his partner in crime is, I hope it's still Andy Richter? Sure is, that is correct, yeah. All right, Puzzle Guru Cecil Baldwin, how did our contestants do? All right, Daniela, you won that one. So we're going to go to a quick game three. I'll give you a category, and you'll go back and forth, naming things that fall into that category. The first contestant to mess up will be eliminated. Buzz in to answer first. Here's your category. Name the 12 signs of the zodiac as you'd find them in a horoscope column. Daniela. Scorpio. Yes. Rachel. Capricorn. Yes. Daniela. Aquarius. Yes. Rachel. Leo. Yep. Daniela. Sagittarius. Uh Uh-huh. Rachel. Aries. Yep. Daniela. Taurus. Yep. Rachel. Gemini. Yeah. Daniela. Virgo. Mm Mm-hmm. Rachel. I don't know if we said this one. Um, Libra? Not yet. (laughs) Daniela, there's two answers left. Aries! Oh, I'm so sorry! The other answers were Cancer and Pisces. So, Daniela, we're so sorry to see you go. Rachel, you were headed on to the final round. While Samuel and Rachel get ready for the final round, let's play a game called Meet the Expert. Today's expert has not one, but two of your dream jobs. She works at Columbia University, where she is the librarian of ancient and medieval history, and she's the curator for comics and cartoons. Please welcome Karen Green, everybody. Thank you, Ophira. Hi. Hi. Okay, so first of all, what is a curator for comics and cartoons? What does that entail? Well, the difference between a librarian and a curator is a librarian buys for a circulating collection and a curator uh, brings in archives for a rare book collection. Okay, so how does one get this job that you have? I was a bartender for 15 years. Ah, yeah. (laughs) Good start, good start. Um, I went to Columbia for grad school for um, medieval history went to library school, got the job as librarian for ancient and medieval history, noticed that we didn't have any graphic novels in the library other than three, and that didn't seem right, because I like comics. So I pitched the notion that we should start buying them for the general collection, and now we have over 14,000 in 15 different languages. (laughs) Okay, so then now let's talk about the other side, medieval history. What piece of medieval history do you think we need to revisit and maybe learn from? Oh, gosh. Um, Just the one. (laughs) Just the one piece. (laughs) Really? Hmm, A thousand years, let me think. Um, I I think that one of the misconceptions about the Middle Ages is that it was primitive and superstitious and faith-bound. And this is actually when uh, nations as we know them were born, when literature as we know it was born. Art was gorgeous. It was beautiful visual culture everywhere you go, which is 
one of the kind of commonalities with comics in, in my yeah. medieval life is just this visual culture. Uh, so there's hope for now. So there's hope for now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, plague, then redemption. <laughs> Very good, yeah. <laughs> Karen, you and I are going to lead and Ask Me Another Challenge. Uh, and our contestant is actually going to be the one and only Julian Villard. Okay, these are multiple choice questions. Okay. And Karen will provide the answer. So here we go. Dating around 17,000 years ago, cave drawings in southwestern France have been described as the world's first comic book. Which of these techniques did the prehistoric painters use? A, thought bubbles. B, drawing multiple legs to show motion. Or C, people wearing capes. I'm going to go with multiple legs. Nicely done. Yeah. <laughs> Multiple legs, of course, to show m- motion. motion. I mean, the, the, one of the great challenges in a static art form is how to show motion or passage of time. Um, and you could connect, really, the legs of the bison or whatever they were with um, Duchamp's nude descending a staircase and a fight cloud from E.C. Seagar's Popeye. Wow. That's, yeah. Thank you for answering that with a lot of words I'll need to Google later. <laughs> I'm here That's for you. great. That's great. <laughs> okay, here is your second question. Located in Rome, Trajan's column is a 126-foot marble pillar carved with the story of Emperor Trajan's victory in the Dacian Wars. Among its 155 scenes is a depiction of Trajan receiving a message in what unusual fashion? A, sung by donkeys, B, baked in a pie, or C, Written on a mushroom. You know the answer to this question? I do. Really? (laughs) I'm going to go with like Alice in Wonderland vibes, written on a mushroom. Oh my God. See, Alice will always bring you home. Yeah. (laughs) What is this written on a mushroom? Come on. In fairness, there's a lot of dispute as to whether it actually is a mushroom. Oh, what are the other possibilities? (laughs) Um, some people think it's a tray with holes, almost like a colander. Okay. But nobody really knows, I guess, when you've got a mushroom nearby and not a piece of paper, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Everyone's been in that situation. <laughs> All right, this is your last question. Medieval European paintings often featured scrolls with words coming out of figures' mouths to indicate that they were talking. What are these precursors to speech balloons called? Are they called A, imprezas, B, banderoles, or C, cameos? Banderole? That's correct. Yeah, that's correct. (laughs) How did they come up with that idea? scrolls coming out of the mouths. Well, banderole is literally a, a little banner, but the, the banderoles as a speech device really come in the Gothic age. Before that, they just had like labels kind of floating in space next to people's heads. That is fantastic. And Julian, thank you for playing. Your prize, by the way, is the Ask Me Another graphic novel, Crisis of the Infinite Puzzle Gurus. (laughs) Everyone give it up for Columbia University's library's curator of comics and cartoons, Karen Green. 
Now it's time to crown our big winner. Let's bring back our finalist, Samuel Grigsby, who uses spreadsheets to save refugees. And Rachel Martin, whose dad writes Civil War erotica. Puzzle guru Cecil Baldwin, take it away. Samuel and Rachel, your final round is called If and Only If. In this round, every clue is a symbolic logic puzzle. Just kidding! (laughs) In this round, each answer contains the consecutive letters IFF. For example, if I asked you for the 28th most popular dog breed according to the American Kennel Club, you would answer Mastiff. The contestant who scores the most points will be our big winner. Your prize is an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube signed by Betty Gilpin and will give you your very own wrestling name. We rolled a 20-sided die backstage and Samuel is going first. Here we go. Samuel, an ending to a story that leaves you in suspense. Cliffhanger. Correct. Rachel, a tax paid on imports and exports. Tariff. Correct. Samuel, the official in a court of law who makes sure no one gets unruly. Bailiff. Correct. Rachel, a mythical creature that according to J.K. Rowling's Pottermore website is half eagle, half horse, immensely proud, and extremely dangerous. Three seconds. I don't know. I'm sorry. The answer is hippogriff. Samuel. Harry S. Truman's occupation in Twin Peaks. Oh, God. Three seconds. It's on all the social media, no TV. I'm sorry, the answer is sheriff. Rachel, this aromatherapy tool disseminates natural plant fragrances into the air. Diffuser? Correct. Samuel, another word for the Pope. Pontiff. Correct. Rachel, a light sheer fabric. Chiffon. Correct. All right, we're at the halfway point, and the score is tied three points each. Samuel, science term for what happens when light waves pass through a narrow opening or hit the edges of an obstacle. Uh, Three seconds. Diffraction. Correct. (laughs) Rachel, in calculus, it represents the principal part of the change in a function. Differential. Correct. Samuel, Donald Trump's youngest daughter. (laughs) Tiffany. Correct. Rachel, popcorn brand that comes in a disposable pan. Jiffy Pop. Correct. Samuel, a lightweight version of baseball. Wiffle ball. Correct. Rachel, a brand of study guides popular among high school English students. Cliff Notes. Correct. All right, we're on the last question. The score is tied. Samuel. She played Catwoman in Batman Returns. Oh, God. Three seconds. The answer is Michelle Pfeiffer. All right, this is the last question. Rachel, if you answered this question correctly, you win. L.A. Clippers player who was chosen first overall in the 2009 NBA draft. Um, Three seconds. The only one I know is Kobe Bryant, and that does not have an eye of that. The answer is Blake Griffin. All right, we are tied up. It's time for a tiebreaker. Hands on buzzers. The area of the body that crop tops are designed to show off. Samuel. Midriff. That is correct. Samuel, you won. 
Congratulations, Samuel, or should I say Princess Puzzle Pounder? Yeah. That's our show. Ask Me Another's puzzle guru is Cecil Baldwin. Hey, my name anagrams to Blind Ice Claw. Our guest musician is Julian Villard. Naive Duljar. Our puzzles were written by Juan Escalante, Eric Feinstein, Jack Lechner, Carol Lee, and Camila Salazar. Our senior supervising producer is Art Chung. Ask Me Another's produced by Mike Katzeff, Travis Larchuk, Julia Melfi, Denny Shin, Ramel Wood, and our intern, Kurt Van Zant, along with Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore, Noriko Okabe, and David Hurtgen. Ask Me Another was created by Eric Newsom and Jesse Baker. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, The Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. And our production partner, WNYC. I'm her ripe begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Hey, podcast listeners. We love keeping you company in the comfort of your own home or car. But how about coming over to our place for a change? Join us for a live taping. Coming up, we have Mojan Marno from the NBC series The Blacklist and from the Broadway musical waitress Jason Mraz. Plus, in the new year, we'll be at the Warner Theater in Washington, D.C. So check out amatickets.org for info on all of our upcoming shows. Next time on Ask Me Another, actor Mojan Marno from the NBC series The Blacklist joins us to talk about her character and how she keeps all the plot twists and turns straight. Then we challenge our contestants to get nostalgic in a music parody game set to the tune of Smells Like Teen Spirit. Talk about Nirvana. So join me, Ophira Eisenberg, for NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia. This message is brought to you by NPR sponsor, Lisa, in collaboration with West Elm. Discover the new natural hybrid mattress, expertly crafted from natural latex and certified safe foams, designed with your health and the planet in mind. Visit leesa.com to learn more. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Online. Is your child asking questions on their homework you don't feel equipped to answer? IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. One subscription gets you everything. One site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And NPR listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com NPR. It's a high-stakes election year, so it's not enough to just follow along. You need to understand what's happening so you are fully informed come November. Every weekday on the NPR Politics Podcast, our political reporters break down important stories and backstories from the campaign trail so you understand why it matters to you. Listen to the NPR Politics Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.